Hey, family, if you are new here and listening to older episodes, we've made some changes. We rebranded and changed the name of the Abundant Living Podcast to Wealth and Wisdom Together with Wesleya and Willa. You're in the right place and we're glad you are listening. So enjoy this episode. So I call this the sauce and it's like, it's not a secret, but it's the sauce to A to Z being ready at tag time with your business. Okay. Today on the Abundant Living Podcast, we are talking about the top tax tips that will reduce your tax liability with our guest, Nicole Freeman Kirkland, CPA. And hopefully these tips will get more money back into your pocket. Welcome to the Abundant Living Podcast. We are your host, Wesleya Eccles and Willa Williams, co-founders of Trinity Financial Coaching. We are a community of wealth partners who are Christian professional women that lift up the double protection of wisdom and wealth. We believe wisdom is better when it's paired with money, especially if you get both while you're still living. Every week, we'll have conversations guided by this principle from Ecclesiastics 7, 11 through 12 to help you manage your money confidently, live life purposefully, and build wealth intentionally. So we invite you to subscribe, rate, review, and share the Abundant Living Podcast with your friends and with your family. Welcome, family, to another episode of the Abundant Living Podcast. We're in the throes of tax season with quite a few new laws and updates. So what are the top tax tips today that will help you reduce your tax liability? Don't you want to know that? Well, we do, too. So today, our guest is Nicole Freeman Kirkland. Nicole is a certified public accountant and has worked in the accounting and tax profession for over 23 years. She currently operates her CPA practice by the numbers with CPA and her business coaching business, The Profitista. And she also serves as CFO for two nonprofit organizations. Her passion and purpose are to work with business owners to make their businesses large or small profitable, sustain growth, operate efficiently, and achieve bankable results. So let's talk a little bit about what the word says about taxes. I am so glad to be able to share this portion of the scripture about taxes. And, you know, we've always told you that there is, listen, it's in the Bible. (laughs) Everything is in the Bible. It's in the word. So Mark 12, 13 through 17 is really a scripture specifically about paying taxes to Caesar. It says, then they sent a delegation of Pharisees together with some staunch supporters of Herod to entrap Jesus with his own words. So they approached him and said, teacher, we know that you're an honest man of integrity and you teach us the truth of God's ways. We can clearly see that you're not one who speaks only to win the people's favor because you speak the truth without regard to the consequences. So tell us then what you think. Is it proper for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? (laughs) Jesus saw through their hypocrisy and said to them, why are you testing me? Show me one of the Roman coins. 
They brought him a silver coin used to pay the tax. Now tell me, Jesus says, whose head is on this coin and whose inscription is stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Jesus <laughs> said, precisely. <laughs> the coin bears the image of the emperor Caesar. So you should pay the emperor his portion. But because you bear the image of God, you must give to God all that belongs to him. And they were utterly stunned by Jesus' <laughs> words. Now, why is that? Mm. Well, the Pharisees hoped that Jesus' response would incriminate himself so that they could bring him before the Romans for execution. See, <laughs> taxes were a volatile issue in Israel. And all of Rome's subjects, including the people of Israel, labored, just like we do, under the emperor's yeah. heavy taxation. In fact, some Jews believe that paying any tax to pagan rulers contradicted God's lordship over his people. Is it lawful to pay taxes? Was a trick question. Because rejection <laughs> of taxes meant rebellion against Caesar or right. grounds for treason or insurrection. But while paying taxes appears to compromise devotion to God. So they were trying to trip him up. Yep. Jesus saw through the intent of their questioning. And because they possessed a Roman coin, it showed that they had already participated mm -hmm. in the civil order of the Romans. Okay. So Jesus' answer is not to support a political kingdom in the opposition to Caesar. His followers should pay taxes and obey civil laws. In essence, there are matters that belong to the realm of civil government. And then there are matters that also belong to God's realm. And we know that God's kingdom transcends all of those things. Let us use wisdom to reduce our tax liability. The mm -hmm. perfect situation would be paying nothing. <laughs> and so and when you understand that your tax return is nothing but a mere reconciliation process, to determine if the estimated amount that they have been taken out of your payroll checks and submitted is enough to cover your tax liability. Mm -hmm. This is why we file our tax return. If we overpay, we get a refund. We have to pay the difference if we don't pay enough. And if you've mm -hmm. overpaid, wouldn't you rather have that money in your pocket? It, in your own bank account than sitting in the government's <laughs> bank account, right? Mm -hmm. But the reconciliation process can become complex depending upon what you have going on but there are many ways that you can reduce your tax liability with deductions and credits but you have to use honesty and integrity correct and this is why we have nicole here so i think that's a great place to start nicole because a lot of people are looking for different ways a lot of people mimic what other people are doing but their yeah. overall financial situation might not be the same. So can we just start there? What are some of the qualifications and qualities that we need to be looking for for the person that's preparing your taxes? Well, number one, what I say is watch out for like guarantees of certain amounts they can get back. There's been a, an influx of tax preparers that will base the fee that they charge you on the amount of refund you get. Be very skeptical of those because mm. they're they're incentive is to boost up your refund to get more money for themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So just be very leery of things like that. You want to look for somebody who's credentialed with either like an EA that works with the IRS. The EA is a, a person that received a certification from the IRS, a CPA. Is that an enrollment agent, an EA? Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. A CPA, you know, we have standards that we have to operate by. You have some that are, you know, but, you know, 
know, for the most part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a right. CPA has to do certain standards for taxes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm not discounting anyone that does taxes and they've been doing it for years. And they don't have either of those credentials. You just want to kind of watch their strategy, watch how they talk about your refund and, and, and how they bill you. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. So those are some of the signs of the unethical practices, like guaranteeing you money. Yeah. yeah and it is, I, get a, I have seen an influx of people who bring me their taxes from the prior year and they have no idea what the person put on there or where they got wow. the amount from. Right. My question for them is, OK, you were either too busy or you just like the refund amount. So be very understanding of what's being reported for you, because at the end of the day, despite that preparer that prepared it. Mm hmm. You're, you're responsible for what's been reported, right? Right. And if the IRS, you know, audits you or requests you submit documentation and you don't have it, they'll disallow it and then you'll have a tax balance. And that person is somewhere with your payment on the beach somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And another thing is be wary of people who don't sign the return that they prepared for you. That's what I was getting yeah. ready to ask you. That was oh, the I'm question sorry. I was going to, no, it's fine. No. <laughs> so if someone prepares your tax return, they ought to sign that they prepare it, not give it to you yes. as you prepared it yourself. Yes. You sh- they should have a P10 number, which means they're registered with the IRS, right? If they have a business, that EIN number should be on there as well. And the contact information, should there be any questions they can come to the preparer and not the taxpayer. Nicole, yes. one of the uh, precautionary things that you told us to look out for was the fee-based refund amount. Yeah. So how does that work? I mean, if you tell me that I'm going to pay $100, I don't know, $50, whatever it is, mm-hmm. won't you tell me that before I go in? Or you tell me, well, we're just going to charge you a portion of what your refund is. Is that what they tell people? That's what they'll say. So especially for people who get the earned income credit, which mm-hmm. could be almost like $7,000, $10,000, they'll base their refund as a percentage of that because in their mind, they helped you get that, even though you're entitled to it. So it's frowned upon in the tax, you know, that the IRS that we do that. You're not supposed to do that. They call it a contingency. You're not supposed to do contingency fees. So watch out for that, definitely. Hmm. I'm glad that you said that because I just read that the legislation recently provided an additional $80 billion in funding over the next 10 years designed to allow the IRS to pursue more tax enforcement. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And it said that the purpose is to boost tax collections through increased audits Mm -hmm. or other enforcement actions and that this expanded funding begins immediately. Yeah. So integrity and honesty. I mean, mm-hmm. don't get watch the red flags that Nicole just mentioned so that yeah. you don't get tripped up and have to go down that process. Yeah, definitely. So what are some of the significant 2023 changes? So some changes that I've been really trying to put out there very early for uh, um, my clients is that don't expect the same amount of refunds you got during the COVID period because mm-hmm. they circled back and reduced all those great deductions and credits back to the pre-COVID amounts. Okay. So as an example, the child tax credit, that was up to 3,300 if if they were under six years old. They've taken that back to just a flat 2,000 per child. Mm. Okay. Okay. So that'll be a difference. The earned income credit, the income thresholds were decreased. 
they've now increased them again. So not as many people will qualify mm-hmm. based on the number of children they have. And of course, we didn't get any stimulus or incentives like that. Mm-hmm. But those two alone and are just major differences that most people will see on their tax returns. Mm-hmm. And another thing that the, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Another thing that most people are getting hit with and they have to come out of pocket a little bit more is estimated tax payments. Those are required. It's not like an option. Mm. If you don't, if any tax year, especially if you're a business owner, if any tax year you owed more than $1,000 and you're not sure if your withholding is enough or you're taking more deductions than you should and you have a balance due, the IRS is going to impose an estimated tax penalty on you because you didn't pay quarterly taxes to pay that in advance. Yeah. So what I will say, it's typically for like additional income. If you have a W-2, right, and you have funds coming out, it's not as huge of a deal. But if you have a business and you have that additional income and you end up owing a tax balance, you're going to get hit with that penalty. So it's best to work with an accountant tax preparer to set up those estimated quarterly coupons. (laughs) Oh, my. I'm so glad you said that because that's something else that we're seeing a lot that a lot of people are starting businesses as ways to create more streams of income whether that is renting property whether that is just following your purpose and passion and turning a hobby into an actual business people are doing a lot of different things to get different streams of income and so that's a big one yeah 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 (laughs) another interesting thing that i learned this year was that the hobby business that a lot of people did stuff on the side like crafts you had the option to report that income reduce your i mean deduct your expenses well now the irs deems that if you consider what you do a hobby you have to report the income but you can't necessarily deduct deduct the expenses unless it's a cost of good expense like it's something that you have to pay in order to you know produce this product or service right that that is so amazing to me wow but that is the new hobby law. So you want to make sure you a business. <laughs> Not a hobby. Yes. Meaning this- you have your EIN, you have mm-hmm. a business checking account, you identified the structure of your business. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Very important now. I guess they're trying to really be more strict on people who just take advantage of expenses for the craft business or anything like that. Yeah. And don't report the income. So. But that goes back, that ties into PayPal, Venmo, and Zelle, all of that income now being taxed, or you're getting a 1099 from Mm -hmm. those third parties. Revising for that is they did delay it for 2020, the 22 22 taxes. They did delay that 1099K requirement, uh, but next year it will be in place. So I've been telling people within those provider PayPal, Square, all those really keep track of what's personal and what's business so that that you can have that support for next year because it's going down next year. (laughs) Thinking about all of the people who just, you know, I make a few cakes on the side or Mm -hmm. I make a few gift baskets or something on the side. And, you know, you have their expenses in doing those things. But it's a hobby. So (laughs) what, what do they do? I mean, do they... Just make sure they track all their expenses and all their income and report it? Or do they just say, well, I'm just doing this for the love of it. I'm not reporting any income or I'm not going to charge anything. I'm just going to give it away. What do they do? 
So the requirement is that that 1099K is if you make over $600. Okay. So I would say if you know that you're going to make over $600, just treat it as a business. Even if you're a DBA, uh, if you have a business name, at least just report that income and take advantage of the, you know, the write-offs for your supplies, mm-hmm. your mileage, your, you know, whatever you incur for the business and just report it. <laughs> but I think uh, oftentimes some of the... I don't want to say mom and pops, but I just like to do this kind of people love to do the work. They don't necessarily do a lot of the tracking, the documenting and, you know, just Mm -hmm. go just do that. So they may not have all of that information. So we would just encourage them to either get someone else to keep track of their supplies and earnings and or learn to do it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, depending on what it is and the frequency of the transactions they get throughout the mm-hmm. year, it could mm-hmm. be an Excel spreadsheet. It could be an envelope. You just shove all your, in, you know, all your receipts. Yeah. You can just tally it at the end of the year. It doesn't have to be, a, you know, you're investing in QuickBooks or anything like that if you're mm-hmm. not at that place yet. But just definitely some type of tracking. Scan those receipts. Or make a copy of them because they will fade. That's the thing, right? Yeah, they do fade. That thermal. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. And them bad boys. Yes. (laughs) So what about the standard deductions? That's increased as well. Yeah. So that increased. Let me say I'm a little list here. So the single single deduction increased by 400. So you get get $12,950 now. Uh, Mary filing joint will be $25,900. Married filing separate is the same as single twelve nine five nine fifty, and in head of household is nineteen thousand four hundred. So, if your itemized deductions, if you itemize, you own your home, your mortgage, interest, property taxes, contributions, medical expenses, all have to be over that threshold to benefit you on your tax return. So, more people are not being able to take advantage of those. They get the higher number mm-hmm. for their contributions to benefit their taxes. They're seeing a, a decrease in that. A decrease in Schedule A's because of. The higher standard deduction? Okay. Correct. All right. Here's a question. A couple is divorced Mm -hmm. and they have children. Who can claim the children? So, most (laughs) (laughs) most times the IRS depends on the court making that decision, if you will, right? And they... They depend on the parents adhering to that. Okay. If there's a case where the custodial parent wants to give the other parent authorization to claim the children, there's a form and it's form 8332. I just talked about this on TikTok. Form (laughs) (laughs) 8332. All right. And so whoever fills that form out and gives the child over to the other parent, the IRS considers that the golden stamp of approval, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Issue comes into play when the parents aren't playing right, right? They're both trying to claim. There's all these issues. At that point, if the IRS sees that both parents are trying to claim the same child, they'll send a letter, which at that point will require who is authorized to take the children based on court mm-hmm. documents, right? So in the IRS's eyes, it's like, play nice, do it right. This is the form. But if you don't, then we got to dig deeper. And whoever claimed the child that shouldn't have may end up owing more money. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they try to stay out of it. But <laughs> I'm glad you cleared that up because that's that is a question that comes up 
Right, exactly. Because I, I can't tell you how many times I pushed a button on a return to the IRS and it's bumped back because the child was already claimed. And then the person on the phone fussing at me and I'm like, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely agree. And ooh, and don't ooh, and they do it unbeknown to the other. Mm, mm. Oh, yes, it gets nasty. <laughs> Just my, another, my, my. another question that I have for you, kind of like you said, you push that button and it bumps back. How often does that happen when you do someone's taxes, you push mm-hmm. that button and it pumps back that these taxes have already been filed? Oh, 2021, I had a huge increase in that. So, <laughs> <laughs> that that whole theft, identity mm-hmm. theft is just mm-hmm. really, when IRS is working very hard to provide PIN numbers to people. So what yeah. I say to prevent that, just request a PIN number. Even if oh, you, you can request had. one even if yeah. you haven't had fraud? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's something to know. I did not know mm-hmm. that. Okay. Yeah, I, I can look it up. But if you just Google IRS.gov identity mm-hmm. theft, it'll walk you through that whole process. But I say do that because that PIN number will prevent anyone else from being able to file for you. Right. Oh, well, okay. And they've done that because so many people are getting hit with this now. It's like if your social security number is out there, they can use it. Especially if your children's information is out there. It's, it's 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 really scary, but they they have a whole department that works with you on this now. So, I actually have been a victim of that of IRS uh, identity fraud where a tax return was filed mm. on for my on behalf of my husband and I, and they had a significant refund, significant wow. refund that the. But fortunately, the bank that they were trying to deposit the refund in actually called us. And and wow. and that's what was the trigger for us to now then find out exactly what was going on. And so we have a pen and that's how we have to file and all that. That was several years ago, but it was still unnerving mm-hmm. to know that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that had your information, right. And the thing mm-hmm. is, we filed an extension. So I knew our taxes weren't filed. Yet. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so was, oh, that's crazy. It's also a lot of work for the taxpayer because it happened mm-hmm. to my husband's grandmother. We were working with her. And she had been going to her local tax preparer office every year for years. And she went to do her taxes. And they say, I, they did them. And IRS said, no, this has already been done. And so this was an 80 plus year old woman. She was a senior. She didn't really know how to navigate this whole thing. But by the time we went through it with her to get a pen and to prove to them that it wasn't her the first time. It was just so, it was a lot. So yeah, I'm glad you said that we could get a pen to kind of prevent it in the beginning. Unfortunately, the senior citizens and children are the ones that are affected a lot with that. Wow. Hmm. Go to integrity though, right? We are working. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about the different companies that allow you to file your taxes yourself to prepare your own tax return, whether it's for your small business, or for yourself. They also offer you the option to allow them to do it. Right. But what are your thoughts on people who are like, you know what? I have enough of knowledge that I can use this. They ask the questions in detail. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or I feel like they ask the questions in enough detail in order for me to accurately file. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I'm one that's all about saving money. So if you are fluent in understanding taxes and your situation is simplistic, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's just a W-2, mm-hmm. you got your kids, blah, blah, blah. Yes, take advantage of that. Get the most of your money. You don't have to pay somebody third party to do it. 
my concern is though, and I just had a gentleman send me some information that he did one of those online services where they linked to his business account and they prepared the taxes for him. And, you know, they just gave him like this printout of what the amounts were and he had no clue if anything was correct in the right column or whatever, because they just took the bank statement and they had weird titles that would be a flag Mm -hmm. if I was an IRS. So just be very careful with the online service that does the taxes. You want to work with somebody that's kind of like more hands-on and you can get detail of what's being put on your taxes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm for one, but not so much the online one. Got it. I can see that. So you started down this path because I know your specialty is home is, is small businesses and, and working with entrepreneurs. And I just think that, like I said, for our audience, I think that is in the mind of a lot of our, our clients and in the mind of our audience, if they either either getting ready to start a business or they may already be an entrepreneur, even though they're still working, you know, their corporate job. So what are some best practices? What are some things that you could say about travel and expenses and what to look for and what not to do so that you aren't getting flagged for audits as a small business owner. So I call this the sauce and it's like, it's not a secret, but it's the sauce. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. The sauce. The sauce to A to Z being ready at tag time with your business. Okay. Okay. You, if you're, if you're fully operating a business that you have income coming in, you have expenses going out. Number one, be registered, have an EIN number, get the bank account, get an accounting system, whether it be QuickBooks, FreshBooks, Wave, mm-hmm. whatever app you enjoy, link that to your business account and let the accounting system do the work of a bookkeeper for you. It's going to pull over all your transactions. The most you have to go in and do is categorize and make sure things are appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. The number one thing I find is that some people put money into the business to cover costs, but we see it as a deposit. So it gets taxed as income. Be very careful mm, mm-hmm. to keep those things separate. Number Cap- two, mm-hmm. yeah. Number two, just make sure as you go through your expenses, you're categorizing into the right category. The system will funnel that to your PL. And if you want a specialist, a CPA, or an accountant to come in and look at it quarterly, you can invite them in. They'll make sure all the debt numbers are correct, what your expectations are, if you will. And then tax time, you print out that PL. The tax person loves you, and you have peace of mind. I it's not it. hard. I it's love it. <laughs> the sauce. <laughs> the sauce. But what I will say about what I will say about business deductions, the, the highest deductions I see that a lot of business owners overlook is mileage. I know that we're in the house. We were in the house for COVID, but we've come out. So track your mileage. Mm-hmm. Home office deductions. A lot of us work at home. We're in our business. Yeah. Well, now how yeah. has that changed? Is before. There's a lot of scrutiny around home business expenses. But now with yeah. remote working, how does working home corporately versus working home as an active right. business? Okay. So a few years ago, they took away all employee-related deductions. Right. right. It's almost like they knew this was coming, but I won't go there. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so if you work for an employer and you have at-home expenses, you can't deduct those. But if you have a business and you operate from home, you can So that's one of the major differences. There's a simple method and there's an actual method where we take into account the square footage of your space that you use for business, the square footage of your home, and that ratio is used to allocate a portion of your utilities, security, Mm -hmm. renovations at home, anything for the home, because it's like your office space related Mm -hmm. to you being at home. And we take that percentage and that's what we write off. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's how the home office deduction works. And then okay. the simple method just takes into account your square footage and does like a, a prorated amount. Mm-hmm. So I do both to kind of see which ones comes out higher. And I use that number. I think we need to go double back the mileage. I was saying, figure out a way to track that. Like some people, I have them just write down in their schedule book where they went, right? And then later on, they'll go do a Google map, right? As long as you have a third-party support. yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The number of times you've gone, we times it by that that number, and boom, we have our support. So QuickBooks Online has a tracker. It's a little weird, though, because I think you have to have it on your phone, and it just tracks your motion. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's always accurate, but figure out some system to help you track your mileage and take advantage of that because it's 65.8 cents. Could be off on that, but it's a high amount. Yeah. Three to write off. Much higher than 52 cents. That was a few years ago. (laughs) Right. And then travel, keep track of those expenses. Like I travel a lot for clients. I write off everything. My Uber, I have to eat three meals a day if I'm, you know, spending the night in Michigan. You know, when I'm traveling, mm-hmm. from your lodging, your car rental, all those things. But even if a portion is personal, still track the full amount and then allocate that personal amount, 60, 40, 70, 30, and still get the deductions. Let me ask you a question about the mileage again, please. Yes. You see, you have to have a third party to support. So I can't just get in my car and drive from the east side to the west side and note those mileage. I need to really do a bapping. No, you can support that. You can do that manually Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. way and Mm -hmm. totally do that. But most people don't. So my backup into that is Google it and then you have your support. But you can definitely do it the way. Okay. Okay. I thought you were saying it was a requirement. Business use of your personal cell phone. Like I, my cell phone is pretty much all 100% business now. You know what I mean? So I just take that bill and I might do 95, 5% or 90, 10% personal but that is a deduction Mm -hmm. if you're paying for the marketplace for your insurance out of pocket and you're a self-employed you can write off some of your healthcare costs so just Mm -hmm. those type of things anything business related is deductible your set premiums your you know all those things that we do to kind of put money to the side of self-employed those premiums that we pay contributions Mm -hmm. are deductible too can we talk about the tax benefits of having an LLC, a sole proprietor or escort? Bruce? We sure can. Yes. All we. right. <laughs> you know, in last year, I don't I don't know if it was because of COVID, more people started businesses or this TikTok revolution. Where <laughs> right. things. I got so many messages like, is this true? Is this true? I'm like, oh. Well, it's but, a lot of stuff that's shared on TikTok that I tell everybody, would you please verify that with a yeah. certified practitioner of whatever it is that they're talking about because it's a lot of misinformation being spread and what i'm finding is some of the information is actually true but they're not telling you everything like the big big thing for last year was the llc transfers to escort right Mm. so employment tax and to be able to take a salary for yourself Mm -hmm. he came out everybody couldn't prove they had salaries or everybody did escort but you get it so (laughs) Being an escort, you're treated differently for tax purposes, and people need to be aware of that. One thing they need to track is their basis, their shareholder basis in the business, and that's pretty much your investment. So this is escort you're talking about? Mm -hmm. Escort. So like a person that transferred from an LLC to an escort needs someone who's familiar with calculating basis to determine their percentage of basis in the the escort. And Mm -hmm. why this is important 
is because that basis amount determines how much you're taxable for any monies you take out outside of wages, right? Mm. And it also it causes um, caps on the amount of losses you can take from the business, right? So it's very important that you work with someone to know that number. And then you have the board minutes. Then you have <clears throat> the requirements to have your corporation set up like a normal court, right? And then you take a wage for yourself. You won't have the SC tax. So it is a benefit. It's just have understanding of what you are now required to do as far as being an S corporation, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You want me to talk about LLCs a little bit? Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you're LLC, just be aware that you get hit with that self-employment tax of the unlimited liability corporation. So whatever your uh, profit is, that profit, they, they calculate your percentage of that that goes toward your Social Security, mm-hmm. right? And it's not a big deal. If you want funds to go to that, so when you retire, you are, if it's there type of thing. Right. <laughs> Right. Fine, but if you prefer not to pay that amount, put it towards retirement or whatever, um, you might want to consider converting to a different business entity with understanding of what's required for that entity. Absolutely. Okay? Now, if you're a sole proprietor, go ahead, sorry. Mm-hmm. No, yep, sole proprietor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're a sole proprietor, it means that you're operating a business, but you haven't registered it with the state. A ton of people do it, but my biggest concern with that is liability protection. If your service or your product, somebody sues you, yeah. they can sue your business and they can sue your personal assets. So it's very yeah. important to consider that and yeah. just go ahead and register, pay that fifty dollars to the state. Yeah, register the LLC, get the EIN, and just be legit. <laughs> I love it. I no, I, I hear you on that one. And that was the biggest thing from when I see sole proprietors is that I do think about the fact that um, their their exposure to liability is greater. Yeah. Um, than with the other ones. But from a tax perspective, I just didn't know, you know, which was more beneficial. But yeah. like you say, I think it just really depends. Is there an income minimum to, to switch from LLC to S-Corp? Like, should you be at a certain I- income well, or profit? Is it profit right. or income that you need to be at to switch? I would say income. Well, it's it's, it's both to me. Um, my thing is, if you're an LLC, and you're benefiting from the losses right now. You're just pouring money in and, you know, you take advantage of those losses. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's fine. Um, but if you're at a point where the income that you're making is so significant that it's, ca- it's causing you to um, owe taxes with that SC tax mm-hmm. and you want to reduce some of your costs, then it's kind of advisable to shift to either a corporation or S-Corp. Got it. <clears throat> you know what I mean? To just get rid of that SC tax itself. And then you can take a wage for yourself as either an S Corp or a C Corp. Mm-hmm. And then you're just required to report your wages, right? But mm-hmm. if you're an S Corp, keep in mind that you still have to report that profit or loss on your taxes, but you can benefit from what you pay yourself, right? Got it. Mm-hmm. For loans, for buying a home, for buying a car, you have in- substan- you know, income to show for yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, this has been great. I mean, I think we could talk all day about taxes because it's a lot. <laughs> we can. I, I have one more that I want to raise with you about the required minimum deduction. Have there been any changes this time in the requirements for the RMD? Right. So last year or well, yeah, last year during COVID, you weren't required to take that if you were seven and a half. Mm-hmm. 
not extend that to, two, to 2022. So it is required that you take that. And that's just based off of um, your retirement accounts in your 70 and a half. You're required to take that now. Mm-hmm. There's no income threshold. It's just you 70 and a half. You got to take, take out your money so they can get their taxes. <laughs> right? right. There are things that you can do with that RMD, such as um, uh, with contributions and things like that. That's more on the financial advisor side. Mm-hmm. CPAs can't really cross that border, mm-hmm. but there are some things that you can do in terms of sending that money somewhere else and not have to report it for your purpose. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. good to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but that's yeah, and that's and that's good information because, like I said, I yeah. think some of our listeners may provide care or. Mm-hmm. Th- help their parents you know our parents are in positions now where that that's where they are they're taking their rmds they're living off retirement their retirement income and um you want to be able to help them maximize that right and so yeah. you know right mm-hmm. yeah. Some, yeah it's good to have that information so that you that we're able to give extend yeah. that support mm-hmm. for sure yeah, sure. sure for sure well i think like we said earlier Integrity and honesty is the best thing. At the end of the day, if we could estimate, get if we could estimate the exact amount of our tax liability, so we don't have to owe anything, <laughs> right? Right. That would be great. But yeah. I'm so glad that there is a reconciliation process that is available. That is your tax return. So yeah. use it. Get the support and the help that you want. Contact someone like Nicole, a CPA, an enrolled agent, someone who is knowledgeable about the tax codes, the tax laws, the changes, if you feel that you don't have the capacity to do it yourself. That's These people it, yeah. are here to help you. It's, yes, it's going to be a cost. Don't complain about how much it costs to get your taxes done, especially if you're getting them done correctly. One of integrity. Yes. Absolutely. Because I think you get what you pay for. Yeah. And if you, I mean, and it's the truth. I'm not coming for no anyone, but you do. You get what you pay for. Yeah. So yes, there's fees are going to be involved. But at the end of the day, the the peace of mind that you'll have knowing that your taxes were completed accurately, so you could sleep through the night. Or if you are audited, you have someone who is organized and structured who can speak on your behalf as they should. <laughs> you have given us some. Excellent tips. And and I think the one that sticks out the most to me for so many of us is don't expect those large refunds Ooh-wee. that were coming out during the COVID time. Yes. Yes. And some of the other things that you talked about, you know, for those who are not used to paying their estimated taxes, pay them now. Pay them. Pam, and another one that we didn't really talk about a little uh, much, but that I always believe in. If you're not ready to pay your taxes, if you need an extension, file for it. And when you file for it, make sure that you pay with that filing how much you expect to owe. You got it. Yes. It extends the date, not the due date. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> the date of the return important exactly that question always comes up what's this interest payment that's um, great thank you so much i'm glad that you mentioned that willa that's a that's an excellent one 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've used that a lot over the years. <laughs> and I learned to, okay, let me see. Let me calculate. Let me look at last year. Let me look and see what happened. <sighs> but we have changes. Now, my husband and I have moved from one state to another state. So we're going to be looking at some different things this year. We, we're okay. in a, a different place this time. Okay. I hope so. it's good. Good changes. Good for you. We want to ask you one more question. And this is a question that we ask all of our guests. How do you define abundant living? You know, I've asked myself that a lot over the years. (laughs) (laughs) I think abundant living for me is being in control of my day. Every day. Mm -hmm. Right? That means Mm -hmm. when I wake up, I'm speaking my intentions, I'm prayerful, and I'm starting my day, and I'm productive, but I'm not overwhelmed, I'm not as, you know, there's moments where you're stressed as a part of the life, mm-hmm. but, but for the most part, I'm in control of that. So that's abundant living for me, doing what I love and having control of my day. That ties <laughs> into that ties into your Facebook post you did the other day about <laughs> about waiting on your daughter to get my out daughter. of school. She was like, "Why am I sitting here thirty minutes early?" And she, so she don't like, have to walk. She just texts me like her bus is far away. Girl, if you don't get on that bus. <laughs> <laughs> You ought you ought to be able to control your day <laughs> and your time. I get that. I understand that. That is abundant living. So, Willa, you brought up a very ex- a excellent point about following the extension. And Nicole, yeah. again, we just thank you so much again for taking. I know this is a busy season for you, and you took this time to talk to yeah. us to help us enlighten our community on some of the things that they need to be able to look for in their taxes. So if we didn't mention it, Nicole is what we consider one of our referral partners. You know, we mm-hmm. have, we tell you that that you need to have a wealth network and your wealth network. And if you listen to that episode, that wealth network includes a CPA. It includes a business coach. It includes all that you need in order for you to have your team in place to help you thrive and build wealth with wisdom so nicole we consider nicole one of our referral partners we refer our clients to her she is great she's phenomenal at what she does with honesty and integrity and so exactly exactly (laughs) so you all of our referral partners are persons who we trust and who can provide the same quality of care that Mm -hmm. our clients get from us yes trust you so much So, Nicole, tell everyone what you have coming up next and how they can get in touch with you. So I've started a new Avenger last year called The Profitista, and that is business coaching and business education. I'm really big on business education. So I'm creating a 16-week course that should be available by March 1st, and it's self-paced. And I'll have sessions where you can meet with me one-on-one on Zoom weekly to go over any questions you have. And the goal is just to reach at a huge mass of people mm-hmm. right and the information they need and then zoning in on that one-to-one when they need it mm-hmm. so that's coming up you can visit my website it's theprofitista.com h-e-e-r-o-f-i-t hyphen i-s-t-a dot com absolutely the hyphen is important i'm glad you said that oh yeah and then where can they follow you on social media Sure. So on Facebook, I am The Profitista, just the word itself, no hyphen, The Profitista. Mm-hmm. Instagram, The Profitista, and TikTok, The Profitista. You go, girl, <laughs> on you TikTok. Go. 
I'm trying. My millennials are like, it's on TikTok. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Go ahead and embrace that thing. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So. And we'll make sure that we will also have all of that information listed in the show notes. And okay. make sure you send us information about the class because we want to make sure that they are aware that you have that class coming up so that we can, so they can get that knowledge. Willa and I, your financial auntie, your financial big sister, you know, (laughs) our end goal for you is always financial transformation, financial success, fulfillment and wealth on your terms. We had a great time today and we pray that what we shared in this episode is going to help you manage your money confidently. Until next time. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at MyTFCoach. Bye for now and continue to live abundantly under the double protection of wealth and wisdom. Putting God first as you manage money confidently, live life purposefully, and build wealth intentionally.